When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. Um, It is the last episode, I think, maybe, potentially, we'll see. But for now, let's call it the last episode of the season, um, where I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Visser. Um, First off, of course, want to give a huge shout out to Fairway, who joined on as the wrestling sponsor for our podcast. Um, Being that, you know, it is the end of the season, just want to give a huge shout out to them. Um, I've said this several times, but it is immensely important to find companies that invest in this sport and especially want to invest in our work at Cyclone Fanatic and Fairway is one of those. Um, So extremely thankful and grateful to them for, you know, trusting us to promote them. Every podcast sometimes starts to go a little off the rails. (laughs) But uh, we're very thankful for uh, Fairway for trusting us and, you know, investing in it. So tweet at them, go to their store, shop with them. Best grocery store around, if you ask us. I'm sure Ben agrees. Ben, would you agree? 100%. There's one in between (laughs) my work and my house, and I stop there anytime I need groceries. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. The Fairway here is uh, pretty close to me as well. Quite literally less than five minutes. Um, so yeah, again, thank you so much. Fairway, uh, couldn't have done this without you. (laughs) Um, but like I said, this is potentially, we're pretty sure it is the last episode, um, for reaction time this season. Um, I guess while we're doing thanks, I can go ahead and say thanks to you guys for tuning in. Uh, Ben and I are very excited for this episode just because we're going to go into our overall thoughts of this year's, uh, season. So it's probably going to go off the rails. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, we can just kick it off. Ben, give us your first initial thoughts, just walking out of the season. How did you feel about Iowa state? Yeah, that's, that's one question, but it almost feels like two questions because in the, (laughs) in one sense at the end of the regular season, I felt phenomenal about Iowa state wrestling. Iowa state had the best regular season, best dual season they've had in decades. They went 15 to one overall eight, no one conference. You couldn't have asked for a better regular dual season. And then if you asked me how the postseason went, I'd be very meh about it. Iowa state finished third in big 12s, which is fine. But in my opinion, I think a lot of other people's opinion, they had a real opportunity to get first. Um, and then when you go to the NCAA championships, obviously three all Americans, pretty good. If you look at it from that perspective, but David Carr, unfortunately wasn't able to win a second national championship. And I think we may or may not be talking about him more later. And then some other guys Ian Parker, Jared Dagan, unfortunately weren't able to end the career end their careers, how they wanted to standing on the podium. So, um, Unfortunately, Iowa State finished 17th at the NCAA championship. So that to me was a disappointment. It shows room for improvement. We talked briefly about this last week, but Ian Parker, Jarrett Dagan combined for a half a team point at this year's NCAA tournament. Um, again, they want to do better. We know that. They know that. They've, they would be the first ones to admit to it. But when you look at it from a bigger picture as a going forward type of thing, Iowa State's only losing a half a team point from last year's team. So I think that bodes well. Um, obviously David Carr coming back. Um, you expect him to get back to the finals, potentially win another national championship that bolsters the team score quite a bit. You expect guys like younger Bastida, Marcus Coleman, who has announced he's going to come back for his um, COVID year. You expect them to take their, um, skill level and ability up to another level and see if they can't finish the top three or um, do something like that. You expect guys like um, Sam Schuyler to go out there, win a few matches. You expect guys like Kyson Tarakina to go out there and Ramazan maybe win a few matches at the NCAA tournament. So that suddenly that bolsters your team score and suddenly you're looking at a 
a top 10, top seven, potentially top five team. So um, I think the outlook is positive. I think the way the year finished was disappointing. And I don't think that's anything new or breaking, but um, it leaves a little bit to be desired. And that sometimes it's not a bad thing. It can be motivation for the guys. I feel like the downfall of how we walk out of wrestling season. And I think this is where casual fans kind of struggle is, you know, we put them in a position to feel so high about Iowa state, especially the people who don't quite really follow it. They just kind of like, you know, have their ears perked up when good things really happen. And when you walk out of the regular season, everybody was looking at Iowa state, all the fans who just kind of look forward to hearing about, you know, David Carr doing well, or, you know, when coach won that coach of the year that we were just talking about big 12 coach of the year. Um, and then you go into NCAAs and things don't quite go as everyone had hoped. And it just kind of crushes everyone. Um, especially people who don't fully follow it super closely. So it is, like you said, there definitely is two ways to answer that. Um, I tend to try and lean towards the optimistic side of things. So (laughs) I am, I think I feel optimistic mostly because we have Marcus Coleman, David Carr and younger Basita who all American who are very clearly and have been very verbal about their commitment to being good as individuals (laughs) and uh, bringing this program back. And I'll elaborate on why we're laughing later because we got to stay on topic. (laughs) Um, I will say that no one walks out with, you know, more disappointment or more uh, focus to grow than the coaches and the athletes themselves. People like, you know, Kevin Dresser and Brett Metcalf and Derek St. John, who are very, um, were very decorated wrestlers who are, you know, that passion and that power to be great didn't just go away when they stopped wrestling. So that drive continues to be there. And I think my biggest takeaway is that they finally have a team, I think top to bottom who has that same drive to want to be better and continue to give people a reason to talk about Iowa state. And unfortunately that didn't quite happen at NCAAs, but I mean, that's just a matter of clearly just things need to be tweaked. Some people need to get their head in the game. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm optimistic. I think the way Marcus Coleman, you know, took defeat last year and turned it into an all American finish. Um, I think is something that's going to be felt across the board. I'm sure plenty of these guys, I'm sure Kaisen Tarakina is not feeling great. And I'm sure that's going to translate next season. And if I'm wrong, then you guys can come back and say I was wrong, but <laughs> I'm hopeful from the time I've spent around the team and the culture shift that, has really happened this season between them is going to translate next season, but that's my overly optimistic view on how I hope and think things will go. <laughs> well, even you said um, last week that younger Bastida wasn't satisfied with a fifth place finish. He finished fifth. He had a phenomenal first NCAA championships for a guy who's his second year wrestling folk style, finishing fifth in the nation. He had a great tournament, make no bones about it. He wasn't satisfied. So he's going to use those losses that he took this year. And he did. He took a few losses. Stephen Buchanan from Wyoming, Rocky Elam from Missouri, um, Jake Woodley from Oklahoma. He avenged that loss in the NCAA championships, which is great to see. But he took those losses during the season. We saw that he learned from the Jake Woodley match. Uh, Rocky Elam beat him last year. Younger beat him two times this year. He's You can tell he's learning. He's learning from his losses. And if he's not satisfied with the fifth place finish, I believe him. And I hope, fingers across, that A.J. Ferrari is back next year for Oklahoma State at 197. I would love to see an A.J. Ferrari, Younger Bastida match. I'd love to see a Younger Bastida, Stephen Buchanan match. Um, I'd love to see them run it back. I want to see Jacob Warner and Younger Bastida again because that was a phenomenal match. I want to see Younger Bastida against these top, top end guys because he's proven himself that he can beat those guys. He can hang with those guys and anytime you can watch high level wrestling against elite competitors, I'm all for it. So yeah, like, just like you said, um, guys are going to use this as motivation and for as talented as younger is, I'm excited to see how he can transform his talent into on map production because he's already has phenomenal on map production. 
but I think there's levels to that still. And he knows that. Well, and I think it also just helps because we're at a place with these guys where they are, um, where they're not satisfied when they're watching their teammates do really well, you know, and they're also in a place with each other as a team where when one doesn't have the result they wanted, they're in each other's corners. And, um, I shared this quote in my story at the end of NCAAs, uh, that coach Brett Metcalf gave me, or, you know, he said this to me when I interviewed him earlier, um, because I asked him about, you know, what pushed these guys to change. And he said, this wasn't us. Like I can't force that. And so I think when you have guys that have started to believe and trust in each other and are really encouraging each other to be better, like you don't want to be the guy who's losing. You don't want to be the guy who's, you know, holding the team back. So they're, I think it's an awesome thing that we're finally in a place where we can focus on all of them top to bottom versus, you know, when we first started covering this team, when dresser took over, you just focus on individuals because something was missing. And honestly, that's the biggest, I think if this team wasn't as connected and as tight as they are right now, I would not feel as confident. Yeah. You see at the end of, and I, I try not to talk about younger Bastida as much as I do. I really do guys. You have to believe me, but at the end of younger Bastida's fifth place match, um, the first person to greet him was David Carr. Now, David Carr has made some news kind of not news rumors um, because he celebrated with Penn state's Aaron Brooks after Aaron Brooks won a national title. And somehow people misconstrued that into David Carr is going to transfer to Penn state, which I guess we're going to talk about that now. I would have a really, really hard time believing that. We can talk about that in a little bit, but my point is David Carr and Younger Bastida are so connected that David was the first one to greet Younger. He picked him up like he always does. They celebrated. And then Cyclone Wrestling, the Twitter account, had the video of David, Younger, and Marcus all running down the hallway celebrating together. And that was an awesome moment to see. So this is just, it goes to your point that these guys are really, really connected and you can tell that it helps grow um, just each other and the program. I think it makes winners. I, and that's what we saw like Marcus Coleman and David Carr and younger Basita were the last men standing, you know, and as much as it's an indiv- individual sport, it still takes, you know, a team, like I'm sure if you walk into Penn state's wrestling room, it's not a bunch of guys standing around by themselves being their own partner, you know, and it's the same thing with Iowa. Those guys are, you know, united. And so, which you said, again, we need to stop talking about younger, (laughs) but you said you really hope AJ Ferrari comes back. And I had seen a tweet, you know, he's back on Twitter and he is a colorful, he sure is. he's a colorful human and flow wrestling tweeted next year should be fine. And he's in it. Cause he's coming back, you know, and AJ Ferrari says, nobody wants to smoke. I am the quickest, slickest, most flex- flexible, strongest, most technical and best 197 pound college NCAA, NCAA wrestler of all time, period. End of story. So, um, I How think you fit that all in 280 characters. That's my question. And there's emojis. There's a million emojis. <laughs> there's a smoke emoji. There's a lightning mm-hmm. bolt. Um, after he tags OSU wrestling, there is a, a race car. Um, the <laughs> emoji blowing smoke out of its nose, the ice one money, money emojis. Um, you know, and AJ Ferrari definitely was at the top, um, guys have continued to train and do their thing, you know, while he's been away. So I don't think he'll necessarily won't have a challenge and younger Bastida when he was very early in his career (laughs) showed that he can indeed hang with AJ Ferrari. So 197 is going to be fun again. And again, people like to talk about how the big 12 just isn't very competitive, but if you look at 197, the most competitive guys in there are in the big 12. 
So that's just my little rant there. But anyways, um, I think top to bottom, I'm excited. Um, before we get into the David Carr news, I definitely news, quote unquote. Yeah. Quote unquote sources say, um, I think I'll, I'm definitely in a, in a sad way, sad to see the guys that have been such staples go, but I am excited to see who is going to fill in those um, holes. Who's going to step up at 141? Who's going to step up at 149? What's going to happen at 174? I'm sure Russell will continue there. Usually dresser always says at the start of the season, we're starting clean. It's every guy has to earn their spot, but um, definitely curious to see what happens at 165. Will David Carr go up? You know, if David Carr stays, uh, will, will David he Carr, be here, Jackie? Will he will, even be here? Will David Carr go up to 165? Will he stay at 157? Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see what lineup steps out for that first duel of the season. No, absolutely. And 141, I think we, I'm interested to see if it's going to be Zach Redding because back in the beginning of the season when Ian Parker was at 149, it was Zach Redding at 141. Um, as a true freshman, Zach Redding um, made waves. He wrestled really, really well at 133 for a true freshman, for almost any wrestler. I think he made the NCAA championships. So um, he had a really good true freshman season. Started this year at 141 when Ian Parker was at 149. Ian Parker moved back down to 141. So then Zach Redding didn't have a spot anymore. So I'm interested to see how he took that because he was the guy he was supposed to be the guy at 141. Did he take that as motivation or um, did he maybe rest on his laurels, not laurels now that he wasn't going to be the guy Did he maybe calm down a little bit and not go as hard as he could have. So that's one thing I'm interested in. And then at 149, we saw something similar with cam Robinson as a true freshman, he wrestled really, really well until he got hurt um, as a true freshman. He was retro this year as a retro freshman now. Um, so I'm interested to see what he's going to look like at potentially 149 next year, or he's, he's tall and lanky. Like Jared is, they have different styles. So don't worry if, if Jared's wrestling made you <laughs> um, anxious and nervous, but um, yeah, Cam Robinson is tall and lanky. Could he put on a few pounds and wrestle at 157? If a David Carr goes up to 165 or something else. So um, yeah, those would be interesting. And then yeah, Julian Broderson at 174, What's that competition look like with him and Joel Devine? I think that could be really fun to watch. You know, I will make a comment about Cam Robinson. I I really like that he's tall and lanky. I just, Jarrett Dagan definitely gave me anxiety sometimes. And especially when he like explains it to you, how he knows guys are going for his legs and he just can like feel it out. But it's like, you're feeling it. And I'm just watching you like getting <laughs> turned into a pretzel. So I think it'd be fun to have, another tall lanky guy feel that it just like what a weird thing that it just happens to cam robinson is tall and lanky but this is just like a side note of cam robinson there has not been a more colorful person on the bench than cam robinson he has been on the bench for his team and he's always the most like animated person standing up screaming cheering um just another sentiment of how much these guys all have bought in together and I'll have to go back and find it. But Metcalf, Metcalf is such a great interview. Metcalf gave me a really great quote last season, just about what it takes to be the guy in the room who isn't the starter. And I think all those guys who have been cheering for these starters all season have just shown up <laughs> very, very animatedly and very just excited. And I mean, they traveled with the team. They were, um, when they were at you and I, they were the people who were screaming behind. I want to assume those were you and I donors since they were Matt's side. <laughs> so shout out to Cam Robinson. He's great on the sidelines this season. And maybe, you know, he'll, like you said, he'll be the one hitting the mat. I, I loved his style when he was, when he wrestled last year as a true freshman or two years ago. Now, can I say last year? Is that a thing I can still say? Or is it two years ago now that this year's over? I don't know. Not important. Um, <laughs> during the COVID year, I loved watching Cam Robinson wrestle because he was tall and lanky like Jarrett, but he had leg attacks. He wasn't a counter wrestler like Jarrett was. Like Jackie said, Jarrett liked guys on his legs. That wasn't necessarily Cam Robinson style. Um, so it's, 
again, tall and lanky, but very different styles and how they go about wrestling. And I, I loved his style when he wrestled. I'm interested to see how he's grown as a wrestler. Um, and I'm, I think, I think it's his weight to lose at 149 or potentially 157, but uh, we'll see if someone else can step up and challenge him too. I, I'm not opposed to a really strong wrestling room at all. I definitely, and this is def, this is more a Kevin Dresser question, but, and for really all the coaches, I am so curious to see what happens with tournaments. Um, clearly there was a lot that we lacked a lot of tournament competition for a lot of these guys. And I think that definitely played into the way we saw seating play out, um, just in terms of what guys had, what matches and then how injuries played into that. And I know you can't, like I said this before, but like, you can't control if, if a tournament gets canceled, you can't just pull one out of, you know, a hat, but I know a big thing that was definitely being discussed was, you know, strength of schedule, um, getting more tournaments under the, under people's belts. And I just, I guess I don't know what the question necessarily is because we can't really control the scheduling, but I I will be curious to see what dresser puts together for next season is I guess what I'm trying to say. I'd be shocked if Iowa state wasn't at cliff Keen or Midlands or Southern scuffle or two out of the three, even um, I, to me, I think it's almost a guarantee that they're going to be at some sort of mid season high level tournament. Yeah. Cause again, I, I should have looked this up before the one in December, it was a uh, Midlands. The one that got canceled. Yes. Yeah. Midlands. Um, there's just like no way to justify canceling tournaments next year. If no. things can continue to stay progressing, I should yeah. say, I guess um, the way they've been. So the NFL just announced that they're going to let reporters back into locker rooms next year. So if they're letting reporters back into locker rooms, then it's, it seems pretty safe that pretty much most COVID restrictions, most places are going to be, gone a thing of the past for the most part um so i would be shocked if like jackie said i don't think there would be a reason that you could cancel a tournament unless something really really weird happens yeah i'm yeah i'm excited for this just overall things to continue to progress where these guys continue to be in a position to have competition because yeah that was just odd I mean, some of those matches you can't really control, you know, they did lose some opponents because of COVID and there's really nothing you can do once there's an outbreak there. So, yeah, they lost Arizona state and Utah Valley, both of them. Yeah. Which that was, that was brutal. So, but I mean, like we said this several times earlier in the season, definitely thankful for all those small schools who definitely stepped up, um, they definitely benefited from being able to go up against, you know, D one competition, but a program like Iowa state really benefited from those teams being able to make it work in their schedules, I should say. So, Mm -hmm. which on the topic of wrestling in general, I'll bring this up now. Um, The NCAA put out their numbers from ESPN audiences um, for the championship uh, matches on Saturday, they went up 8%. So there was over 632,000 viewers, um, for the semifinals. Um, they, it went up by 17%. So that was, and it was the most watched semifinal on ESPN since 2010. Um, and then the other stat they threw out was 24.9 million minutes, (laughs) Minutes watched across ESPN 3's exclusive feeds all three days of the championships. I contributed. I contributed a lot to those. ESPN 3, that, Matt, what would they call it? Matt Cast? Matt Cast, yep. That was my home. That was my I, home. That was literally, that, was, that did not leave my computer for two and a half days. And the time it left was when the finals were on ESPN. Yep. That once, was the only time I wasn't watching Matt Cast. 
And if the guys matches didn't overlap, like once they kind of started to dwindle down to only a few guys in competition, I would focus on one max. I'm like, all right, I want to be able to see all the little details. Mm, so, you know, I was still a Matt cast guy. I, I, I never left uh, old Shane Sparks. He was, he was my, uh, he was my guy for two and a half days. I really enjoyed him. He's fantastic. I love he, Shane Sparks. He's just like perfect for the job. He's so he's the right amount of colorful when it comes to being just an entertaining um, person, but he's also very knowledgeable. I did learn a lot from just listening to him. Um, and I tend to really hate listening to him sometimes. <laughs> it just, it's so hard during the regular season. And I know people work really hard. I don't want to be too cruel, but Shane Sparks, what a guy. <laughs> Yeah. And they gave him great guests too. Like he had Jim Gibbons with him. Who's a former Iowa state national champion wrestler and national champion coach. Um, they had um, Anthony Robles with him who won a national championship for Penn or not Penn state. Sorry, Arizona state. I have Penn state on my mind for some reason. Don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anthony Robles won a national championship for Arizona state at 125. You may know him or remember the name as he's the guy who won a national championship with one leg. He only has one leg and he won a national championship. So they gave um, Shane Sparks phenomenal guests. They bounced each other, bounced off each other really well, because obviously you can't match the wrestling knowledge of a guy like Jim Gibbons. Shane Sparks right. knows a lot about wrestling, but Jim Gibbons has forgot more wrestling than Shane Sparks knows. And I think Shane would even agree with that. So just bouncing those two back and forth was phenomenal. Um, I really, really enjoyed the Matt cast production. I did too. I it's, I am obsessed that it went up 17%. And I love that it was the most watched semifinal on ESPN networks. And I love that ESPN broadcasted as well as they did. Um, we constantly talk about how do we continue to grow this sport? How can we continue to attract more people? And ESPN stepping up in that way really helped. And I really hope that they see there is a buyout here. There are people who care and this is important. So I hope that they only continue to raise um, their presence. Um, I'm curious to see, I don't, I guess I don't mind the big 12 ESPN. I think it makes it more accessible um, to do the, what do they call it? The big 12, big 12 ESPN, now, big 12 now on ESPN plus. Yeah. Um, I think it makes it more accessible for people than when it's on flow wrestling which is just a whole different conversation. Um, <laughs> excited to have you and I in Ames, Iowa next year. Yeah, no That's all I have to say. Shout out to ESPN Plus. <laughs> I assume will be the situation. If that changes, we'll definitely bring that up later. But um, no, I just love seeing the sport grow. Um, I love wrestling. You love wrestling. And I'm excited to have big production companies putting it on TV because I watch the finals um, just here in town at a bar since we were also watching basketball and there was plenty of people paying attention. That's awesome. It, when you slap it on a big TV, people are going to watch there's commercials during basketball. So it just naturally made people gravitate to the other TV and it ended up resulting in people having conversations with each other. And so, yeah. Yeah, you can tell you can tell ESPN invested a fair bit of money into their production all three days for the NCAA championships because even the the morning or the early afternoon rounds they were even on ESPNU, so they every single round every single session was on some form of ESPN channel and then they had their ESPN three broadcast which we talked about with Shane Sparks, so they clearly invested a lot of time, energy, and money, manpower to go along with that into these wrestling championships. And I hope these numbers and the growth of the numbers reflects that their investment is paying off. Just wrestling is just so exciting. And I think people can, I've always explained this to people who ask me, like, why do you think it's so difficult for wrestling to become more popular? And it's, it's just, it's a hard sport to understand. Um, there was still so much I had to learn even after so many years of, you know, being Matt side in high school, especially just because the scoring is crazy to keep up with. And it changes from, 
you know, the regular season to being in dual. And I mean, we, I constantly have to reference back to things to make sure I I'm for sure. Like I'm right on which scoring is going to go into a tournament, but I think we can watch more people and just care when someone like ESPN throws it on all their channels. Um, so hopefully just regular duels continue to, you know, have that same buyout from these big companies and have it more accessible instead of having a hefty price, price tag to watch it. Um, and honestly, I think media coverage is growing at least for this season. And you can correct me. I feel like there's just so many people um, investing more and having people writing about it or talking about it. Um, I mean, even us like Cyclone Fanatic didn't have a podcast focused around wrestling and now we do, <laughs> you know, and I guess, yeah, Chris Williams, shout out to Chris. This is a good situation where you can grow the sport by investing in it. And I'm excited that you and I brought something new to the table, which is this podcast where we get to ramble about things. Me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's keep growing the sport. A fun way to keep growing the sport. Here's my transition. Rumor mills. Is the season is over. It's recruiting time. People are making changes. And the first immediate, you know, rumor mill to hit Iowa State wrestling is David Carr is leaving Iowa State. Let me, sorry. <laughs> let, I shouldn't say that that aggressively. You should not the say rumor, that that way, Jack. Someone's going to think say, I Jack, you're going to make people nervous. <laughs> someone's going to clip that sound. Uh, no, the rumor is that David is allegedly leaving for Penn State. I am... I truly believe this rumor started just because David went to celebrate with his friend after yeah. his friend won a big, a big uh, NCAA title. For those of you who don't know, um, David Carr and Aaron Brooks, who wrestles for uh, Penn State, are really, really good friends. And like, they this have is, been for a long time. Yes, this isn't new. Time. This isn't new. David has talked about him. I mean, these guys, I mean, I brought this up the other day, the NCAA wrestling account posted this, like this friendship is not new. You know, it didn't start because someone reached out to someone about changing schools. Like this was a, a friendship that came to fruition way before this. But I just think some people, you know, saw David Carr not have the result he wanted. So that means he's leaving. And when I first saw it on Twitter, I was just kind of like, eh, we're that bored, huh? Like, it's not even been a week, or I guess I now. I my eyes so hard. <laughs> I just was like, I, I should have asked Dresser before this. I should have hit him up and said, hey, what's your opinion? But like, no. And here's Cyclone Fanatic. We have the forums. And I love the wrestling forums because it's a small but mighty community. So there's not, I don't have to weave through a lot. You know, there's not like 500 voices. So it's a, it's a tight crew in there of who's constantly talking about uh, wrestling. And I wanted to check in and see what everyone was up to. And there was a thread that started and it's titled transfer portal and a new member to the cycle fanatic uh, boards is clone and bone who said I've been hearing sources hint at a possible David Carter Penn state transfer. Anyone else hearing anything? Definitely don't want this to be true. You can imagine the responses, um, from guys who have been there. Um, my good friend, Greg Mackey, who's actually my friend, um, in real life, I've tailgated with them says <laughs> we actually are shutting down the program and giving all our wrestlers to our knee wrestling overlords in Penn state. It's a shame really. <laughs> and shout out to another, uh, very reliable guy in there. Who's very active. Uh, the username buff 87 says funny what people considered sources. And I would like to bring this up because you and I have worked in the media for a long time. You longer than I have. 
but I'm out now. So you'll, you'll pass me up here pretty quick. You're retired. That's my goal. You know, wrestlers goals are titles, you know, surpass other guys titles minus to surpass your years. I won't ask. I won't show your age on here. I don't think you're that much older than me. I'm not, but I don't even know how many years you've been doing it more than me. Anyways, using the word sources has been very much just misused. I think really a lot since the pandemic happened and people were home more often and just having to sit on social media. So now suddenly everything is, you know, an inside source. If you read somewhere on a message board, a different message board, you can say that like, it doesn't have to be a source. Um, well, to that person, it, that is a source. That message board person is a source. Even though that message <laughs> board person is another person just like them sitting on their couch or sitting at work on their computer bored out of their mind. That's not a source. So um, yeah, people can say, oh, I heard from somewhere that this thing's happening and the place they heard it from was a message board or I saw something that someone said this again, they saw it. They had the potential to see it on a message board. Those things aren't sources. You didn't hear that anywhere. You didn't read that anywhere. Technically, yes, you did read it somewhere, but that's not something that as a former retired journalist, that's not something <laughs> I would feel even remotely close to comfortable publishing. That's just not a thing. So um, message, yeah, message boards are great. They're great for community. They're great for those sorts of things. But unfortunately, there are the side effect of suddenly everyone has a source and everyone knows a source and everyone is a source. And that's not always the case. And sometimes rumors like these David Carr ones can unravel pretty quickly. Well, and you know, these guys, and we'll definitely get into why the reaction is what it is, but another guy's, I shouldn't say a guy, I have no idea who's behind this username, but a different, different person in there says heard from a guy in a Hawk t-shirt, the DC David Carr and Spencer Lee will be roommates at Penn state, <laughs> which I can't, I, I can't wait to see Spencer Lee wrestle again. That's a side note. Um, but I think this really just adds to the drama of, you know, people didn't have the ending they wanted from their team. So let's keep things, you know, rolling. Let's keep ourselves busy. And Aaron Brooks and David Carr went on this podcast called Bashamania. I'm sorry to the host. I've actually never heard it. Like I've never listened to it. Um, but David and Aaron were on it. If you would love to go and listen to that, you can. But David was asked about um, about just flat out was asked like, hey, <laughs> are you leaving? And he basically was just he just laughed about it. And again, this is just me reading from what people said that they heard is that David laughs that people were arguing about it, which I would be laughing too. You know, I can't even imagine being like the main topic of this type of rumor going around the wrestling community. And I guess apparently David made the joke that he's going to tweet on April fools. Um, we are with a heart and I have no idea if he's serious, but I hope he does because I hope he does. That would be on the front page of flow wrestling. <laughs> for those that don't know, we are is the hashtag for Penn state. We are Penn state. <laughs> that's their whole thing. So that's, that's the joke there. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it's a fun time, <laughs> but to take it, to be more serious, here's, you know, like I'm not worried and Ben's not worried and I'm sure there are plenty of people who aren't worried and there's just so many facts here to go off of. And, you know, if for some reason, David Carr really does announce that he's leaving, then whatever, we'll bite our words. But there are just so many things about who David Carr is at Iowa State that it it truly doesn't make sense why David Carr would leave Iowa state for Penn state. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, David Carr is a legacy guy. His dad went to Iowa state, won three national championships. His brother went to Iowa state. Nate Carr jr. Did well. Now David went to Iowa state, won a national championship is a two-time all American um, during the COVID year. When they canceled the tournament, he would have been an all American that year. I think he was named an All-American, but so he's had plenty of success at Iowa State. Sure, he didn't get the result he wanted this year, but that doesn't mean he's going to up and leave Iowa State. He is 
from the conversations I've had with him and I've had a number of conversations with him, a very loyal person. Um, and even, I mean, it just, any way you slice it to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense other than, and I'm not saying that this makes sense, but the, the opposing side of the argument would be well, guys like Kyle Snyder left the Ohio state RTC to go to Penn state or Thomas Gilman left the Iowa wrestling club to go to Penn state. They did. That was after their collegiate careers. That was when they were wrestling at um, the world level and freestyle and trying to better themselves in that situation. If you look at it, not a whole lot of guys transferred to Penn state. That's not a thing that Kale Sanderson has done. He hasn't, he doesn't, well, a, he doesn't need to, but B <laughs> he just Kale Sanderson doesn't utilize the transfer portal. It's not a thing he does. He doesn't need to, there'd be no reason for him to, um, and David Carr, like I said, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him too. And if we want to talk dollars and cents, we can talk dollars and cents. Right now, David Carr is on a full ride or near full ride scholarship at Iowa State. If you don't know, wrestling gets 9.9 scholarships to use throughout the entire team. So to use one or almost an entire one scholarship on a wrestler, it means they are elite and you're investing a lot of resources into that one wrestler because that means you have 8.9 wrestler or 8.9 scholarships to use on the other 20 guys on your team who are on scholarship. So <clears throat> just the financial investment that Iowa State and Kevin Dresser have made to David is a significant one, and it's not one that Penn State could match. Penn State has already committed a lot of their dollars and cents to guys like Aaron Brooks, Carter Starachi. Max Dean, the list goes on and on and on with Penn State because they're Penn State. David would take a significant money reduction if he were to go to Penn State. So just financially, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And that doesn't count the NIL deals. I don't know which ones are public and which ones aren't, but let's say he has some pretty, some pretty good um, local NIL deals that are, I'm guessing, pretty lucrative for him. So um, no, David, just from a dollars and cents point, it won't make a ton of sense for him to do that. And then on top of it, again, he's a legacy guy. He is a very loyal guy. He's not a guy who's going to tuck his legs and run to the easiest thing. He's going to be a guy who wants to take things head on and really go after it. And he's, he's going to want to, like he said, he said this as when he was a true freshman, or maybe his redshirt freshman, he wants to build on his dad's legacy at Iowa state. That was a thing he said. He he wanted to outdo his dad and win four national championships. Unfortunately, he won't be able to do that, but he can still get three national championships because he has the COVID year in there. So his whole goal was to build on his dad's legacy, and he can't exactly do that if he's at Penn State. So like Jackie said, if this does end up happening, we'll eat our crow. But boy, oh boy, I would be shocked if David Carr wasn't in a Cyclone singlet next year. Well, and I mean – look at the wrestling room. I mean, he loves his teammates. Yeah. His bond with younger is constantly on display of what it means to be a good teammate. The relationship he has with all the other guys, I can only imagine the bond that grew between him and Coleman, especially as they embark into this next year where Coleman's probably going to have to who Coleman tends to be a very quiet guy, but I mean, big leaders are leaving the room those, you know, those spots have to be filled. Those voices have to be filled. And I feel like that's going to be Coleman um, just because of how much we've seen him grow. And I can only imagine the role that David's going to play in that for Coleman. And not to mention Carr has a really awesome relationship with Metcalf. And it's not like Metcalf doesn't have years and years and trophies and medals to show. Um, that this is a high caliber coach helping coach a high caliber athlete. So I do think it's crazy how I have no idea where the rumor originally started. I'm sure one person told another person, I think, and again, I really do think it comes down to that relationship he has with Aaron Brooks, um, which is awesome. It just shows how close they are and how on display that was at NCAAs. But yeah, you got to rationalize sometimes. If it, maybe if David wasn't a legacy, maybe if null deals weren't on the table, um, maybe if his relationships with the coaches weren't quite what they are, maybe this could be a realistic conversation, but it just, <laughs> it's just crazy how, how far things can go. 
Yeah, we also I we didn't talk about the fact that David Carr's dad Nate is the director of the CRTC, the Cyclone Wrestling Cyclone Regional Training Center. So, yeah, it there's very very few things to support the rumor that David Carr is leaving for, for Penn State. There are plenty of things to support the fact that David Carr is a cyclone. So take that for what it is. If I'm wrong, if we're wrong, I you gladly tweet at me all you want. Tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> but I feel pretty confident that I'm going to be right in this, that we're going to be right in this, that the sane people, the the buff 87s or whatever his name was, that we're all going to be right. I mean, it just, there's not a lot of sense to be made of David Carr leaving in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree, but it's definitely going to be something that's going to be talked into the ground. Even though David went and did this interview, if David Carr is actually leaving, I would say he's not doing an interview where he's laughing and being giddy, you know, there'd be more going on. I would not be on this podcast joking about it, you know? Um, but again, like I said, if if that for some reason somehow happens, you can you can come at us. But we'll eat our um, curl. You know, maybe the next rumor is that we're actually leaving Cyclone Fanatic and we're going to Hawk Fanatic. <laughs> we're starting a podcast at Hawk Fanatic. Ugh. Um but, but anyways. Um, what about Hawkeye Heaven? Is that still a thing? Or Hawkeye Haven? What was that website? Yeah. I don't even know. I haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah. big either. The Facebook. <laughs> yeah. It looks like they're alive and thriving. No, that's too bad. Making a million t-shirts. Um, <laughs> yep. I see mm-hmm. Keegan Murray's going to that or entering into the draft. Yeah. They're thriving. That's where Jackie and I are headed. I actually, you know, I think the rumor has to be that I'm going to Hawk fanatic. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. I did not know that. All um, right. That can be the rumor. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm turning. I'm turning to the other side. God, I can only, you know, tune into wonder what Iowa State's gonna look like next year. Anyways, <laughs> back to Iowa State. Um, so as of now, David Carr is here and committed until he says otherwise. And it sounds like he's pretty much saying he's here to stay. Um They've been pretty active on, you know, all the guys on social media, just, you know, how, you know, closing out excited for the new year. I'm ex- I am already excited for October. <laughs> like I'm excited to have, you know, a break and do summer things. Like it's always fun to see what the guys do in their off season. Um, especially a guy like David Carr is going to keep training um, and probably do a little, some freestyle competitions there, but um I'm excited for next season. I'm very excited for next season. And I don't know if that's just because COVID restrictions have changed and we get to do our job in a normal sense, but I just was left hungry with the sport overall. Um, I don't know how you felt. It's your first time not covering the season. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um, I, like you, am excited. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about Iowa State wrestling um going forward currently like we said not the best finish in the world at the NCAA championships but plenty of reasons to be optimistic now and in the future um if this isn't our last podcast one of the last ones might be a quick podcast about recruiting who knows but um Iowa State has some blue chip guys coming in that are really really highly touted there's a heavyweight that is gray shirting this year um, who's already on campus, who by all accounts is going to be really, really impressive. Um, I still think that's going to be Sam Schuyler's weight next year, but um, there's lots of reasons to be excited. Um, I think Kevin Dresser has this ship pointed squarely in the right direction. And with the help of guys like Brett Metcalf, St. John, Kevin Gadsden with the CRTC, uh, Nate Carr with the CRTC, I think um, plenty of plenty of reasons to be excited. Well, and I, I know it's like diehards, you know, our expectations are always going to be extra high. We're always going to see things maybe in a different lens and feel unsatisfied when you walk out of a undefeated dual season or undefeated big conference. 12 yep. Uh, yep, conference season. But like Iowa State has 
continued to improve and has continued to take it to the next step. Maybe not as fast as everyone wants, maybe not as fast for our entertainment value, but like we close out each season with something new to say, Iowa State crossed this bridge this year. And Kevin Dresser was hired to rebuild a program and that's what he's been doing. Um, And I had asked him, you know, what makes Iowa state different from your other rebuilds. And he said, every single rebuild is different. Every, you know, every single one's going to have different challenges, different ups and downs. And, you know, Iowa state is such a storied and, you know, just a historical program in the sport and the challenge that he took on, wasn't going to be easy. And, you know, I'm, Absolutely nobody thought Iowa State would finish the Big 12 season undefeated, but they did. So, but again, that's me being very overly optimistic, but I think we have to be, um, and this isn't me being on my soapbox like, oh, you have to be grateful because I don't like that. I'm not about that either. We need to also be realistic when crappy things happen or they shouldn't have. Um, but I think in overall where Iowa state's rebuild continues. And I don't even say, I want to say it's like a rebuild. Cause they're, I think Iowa state is in a place where we're, we can have those expectations of them being in the top 10. And that's a good thing. That's where people like Kevin Dresser want to be. He doesn't want, and this is me just speaking from what I've gotten to know about him and, you know, the messages he preaches, these aren't people who want you to sit and feel satisfied because they, won a few good duels or held Iowa to one point in a duel. Like they did a, what was it? Three seasons ago now. Three seasons ago. Austin Gomez was inches away from beating Iowa (laughs) inches. You know, those aren't, yeah, those are just, they want you to have high expectations of them. And I think it's exciting that fans are in a place where they get to be angry that they didn't have more people on a podium at NCAAs. So yeah, for clarification, Austin Gomez did beat Iowa in that individual match. But if he would have pinned his opponent, Austin DeSanto, then Iowa State would have beaten Iowa in that dual meet. Just for clarification, Austin Gomez definitely beat Austin DeSanto. <laughs> Which I remember asking the coaching staff about that duel, and they're just like, you know, we definitely weren't favored on paper, but we definitely went in there and did something that we weren't even necessarily sure <laughs> it could happen. And we wasn't that we watched that one in the press room. In the yeah, in the Jacobson uh whatever the Jacobson building's called, the press area up top. It was right after a football game, I forget which one. Um and yeah, it was Willie, the Drake game. Was it the Drake game? Yeah. Boy, that's why <laughs> see that's why I don't remember the football game because it's the Drake game. <laughs> what a disaster. You know, because I was supposed to go to the duel, but it was really crappy out. Of course, I'm sure many of you remember. It was a miserable game um, in terms of weather. Um, And and football is a miserable game in terms of football, too. That was not a fun game to watch. Well, I was driving my crappy beat up 2000 Chevy Cavalier. It has like it had, I should say, um, the hood was like peeling. (laughs) Um, It had rust on my passenger side door. And not quite at this time, but that car was getting old and I wasn't the most graceful driver in that car. Cause it was like indestructible. So when I saw the weather that morning, I was like, there's no way I'm driving Carl. My car's name was Carl to Iowa city today. And so I texted Chris and I was like, Hey, like crappy weather. There's just like no way. And he's like, yeah, like I get it. Don't want you to like put yourself at risk. If you don't feel safe driving, like you can just come cover the game with us and you can just watch the duel once you're done uh, with your stuff. And yeah, that's why I remember that because I was miserable and cold and I was just like, I could be in Iowa city right now. (laughs) And then we went into the press room and I was like, how am I supposed to add a video right now? (laughs) We weren't like literally everyone in the press room was watching the dual meet on my computer because I was the one that had it up on flow or big 10 network, whatever it was on back then. And like, even, and I don't know if I should say this, but even Randy Peterson from the Wayne register was huddled <laughs> around my computer. And if you know anything about Randy, he might appreciate wrestling, but he's not gonna uh, watch a lot of wrestling. We'll say so no, at like a lot of people were really, really involved in that dual meet. Um, and Iowa state had 
chances to win just outside of the Austin Gomez win. I mean, I think back to Willie Miklas, I think Jacob Warner was a freshman back then. So we didn't really know what Jacob Warner was going to be. We know now that he wrestled in the finals, but back then I thought, Hey, Willie Miklas probably a pretty good chance to win that one. Unfortunately, Jacob Warner beat him. Um, but if Willie Miklas wins that match, then Iowa state beats Iowa. If Austin Gomez or if Austin DeSanto relaxes a little bit more and Austin or and Austin Gomez gets that pin, Iowa state beats Iowa. So no, that was definitely very, very memorable. You know, when the, when that day comes where Iowa state walks in and it's just like, you know, hits all the right boxes, feeling themselves. I wanted to happen to Hilton um, just because I would hate to be at Carver. If they beat that, obviously you want to beat them in their own house. I think that would be incredible, but Hilton needs that. This is where the magic needs to come back is in this duel. And well, there's like, there's old videos of Iowa state beating Iowa in Hilton and people rushing the mat. That would be awesome. The brands might try to start a fight. Let's be real. <laughs> they tried to start a fight this year and no one rushed the mat. So the brands might not be too happy about it, but they can deal with it. I would love it if Iowa state fans rush the mat if Iowa State were to beat Iowa that'd be phenomenal that would be terrifying for me because I'd probably be oh that would be terrifying for um, you yeah. I would be crisscross applesauce I hate that I just said that um on the on the mat side with my camera and I was scared when people rushed the field for football and I would be just terrified but that would be incredible I would probably not get very good video of it because you know, I'd be very anxious, um, but that would just be incredible. And I hate the like, um, what's the word? My like ego hurts <laughs> to be like when the day finally comes, but like when the day finally comes, I hope that Iowa State fans can show up for that team and fill that place because there's too many Hawkeye fans in there. And I know we're, you know, we're supposed to be unbiased or whatever. And but I'm not, I'm not a journalist. I was say, you're not a journalist anymore. And, and I'm not always super like biased. Like I've defended Iowa on Twitter because I care about wrestling as a whole, but like, God, I would just love that. If you know, the look on Kevin Dresser's face when he defeated, you know, you and I in, in their home, he just looked like a bad man. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine his face? <laughs> I think Matt, Metcalf is pretty good at just defying gravity and flying when he's really excited. Like he's, he's off the ground when good things are happening. I can only imagine the cartwheels, the flips, <laughs> <laughs> Derek St. John's probably going to be throwing the finger. Like <laughs> I just, I just can't wait for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just reflecting on that. I'm I that'll be a fun day. Um Iowa wrestling has been very dominant. And unfortunately, you know, that that's an unfortunate thing for everybody else, but they're not untouchable and they're losing really good guys. And I just think that the rain is coming to an end. I mean, they didn't win the Big Ten. They didn't win NCAAs. There's chinks in the armor. I love it. <laughs> um, tangent there, but hey, we we warned you. We gave you a fair warning that this might go off the rails. I know. I'm trying to keep us on, on track here. We our podcast go a little too long. Surprise! No one yelled at us. Um, but Ben, as always, do you have any final thoughts, just in general, about the season, about heading into this summer, about the podcast? anything at all. Yeah. The podcast was awesome. Really happy. I got to do this with you. Um, that was one thing when I retired from journalism and went full-time into real estate, that was one thing where I'm like, huh, who am I going to talk about, about sports with like on a regular basis and really <laughs> in depth, because I can talk about sports with anyone. That's not a big deal. I can find people to talk their ear off to, but are they going to enjoy me doing that? And I found that with Jackie. <laughs> Jackie and I enjoy talking each other's ear off about wrestling, about sports in general. So, um, no, I thought this was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I'm excited for Iowa state next year. Uh, excited that David Carr 
is probably going to come back. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I really did not know that was in question until I saw it on Twitter. And then, oh boy, I got really, <laughs> really worried. But uh, no, I, I didn't. So yeah, it's just exciting, exciting, exciting. Yeah. Like I said, I'm excited. I obviously I'm pumped for, you know, to see what goes on this summer, but in the end, you know, we're wrestling people and I look forward to the day when Ryan Workman, Iowa state wrestling SID sends the email in like mid October for media days, um, information. So I look forward to that day. Um, but for now, I guess we'll enjoy some spring ball, <laughs> follow the recruiting trail, see what Kevin Dresser, Matt Calf. I keep saying Kevin Dresser. I can I can just say Dresser. Excited to see what Dresser <laughs> and Co. Um, you know, bring bring to the news cycle this off season, this recruiting time. Um, and also likewise, Ben, I really enjoyed doing this. Um, I wish I would have recorded how nervous I was and how long it took me to hit record our very first episode. It took forever. Um, because I would show it to you guys now that I feel so much better about how I podcast, <laughs> but I think Ben had to listen to me hysterically laugh and talk myself off the ledge for a good 25, maybe even 30 minutes. I was going to say 15 to 30 minutes. I just had to like sit there and encourage her like, Jackie, we can do this. It's going to be fine. <laughs> it's just talking into a microphone. And at the time you didn't even have a microphone. So for you, it was just talking. I know. I just, you know, the guys, I need to stop saying guys, there's women who care about wrestling, but the people in the forums, I actually, I had a moment where I was just like thanking them. And like, we we're, they were talking about the videos that I got at big 12s. And I told them that I get nervous. Cause I do. I just, I really care about, you know, the product that we're putting out and the work that I put out for wrestling. Cause I just really love wrestling. And I know that there's, there's still a lot of work to be done as a whole for coverage um, across the board, um, for the entire sport. So I just really care that it's good. And some of those, uh, people in there were like, we're just people behind usernames, like <laughs> do go do your job. You're doing great. And yeah, I was just really nervous. I refused to listen to that first episode. It was a good one. My parents said it was great. Oh, thank you to your parents. Even um, and truly, even my ne my next door neighbor, my parents, yes, they did think it was great, but that's partly because <laughs> I was probably in it too. But even my next door neighbor, he stopped me the other day and talked to me. And he's like, "Hey, are you on a podcast on Cyclone Fanatics?" I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, I listen to that all the time. I he's one of those people who, um, shout out to Doug by the way. He's one of those people who <laughs> was interested in wrestling, but he didn't follow it a bunch. And he's one of those guys who just really started following it and getting into it. So. Um, yeah, this is a great experience. And I think people are hopefully, if they're not getting great value out of it, hopefully they're getting great entertainment out of it. So I'm glad you guys are listening. Jackie does a phenomenal job. She does a really, really good job. She does take her job very seriously. And I might give her crap for taking, for her taking forever to hit record that first time, but it was because <laughs> she wanted to put out a good product. And I think that says a lot about her and, um, her drive to want to, produce the best that she can. And I think that's a really great quality in people. And that's so nice of you. I, uh, <laughs> um, I will say that when you told me that you were quitting, I was so sad. I was like, Ben is like my wrestling bestie. Like who's going to sit with me now? Like the shout out to the daily kids, you know, they, they show up, they, but the, you know, they're just, you know, they're college students they are a little awkward. Um, <laughs> especially when you get assigned wrestling and it's not something, you know, it's very intimidating. And I can imagine when you sit down at a table with you and I, who are just like nonstop talking to each other, it's probably pretty intimidating. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be chilling by myself, which is funny because I sit more mat side now by myself than I do actually up at the media table. But I was very sad because you, you've become a very good friend of mine through wrestling. So shout out to the sport of wrestling, but I'm excited. Like you said, I love that we get to chat about wrestling and I think it's hard to tell us to cut it down because there's just truly so much to talk about sometimes and not enough people talk about wrestling. So Ben and I make up for it. And that's why we had an hour and a half episode, probably like two or three times this season. Well, I think we were supposed to keep this one under an hour too. And I don't think, I don't think that happened. I think we're pushing an hour 15 right now. 
you know, I think I'll, I'll let it fly just in that. We're just thanking the people, thanking the people who listen. To That's it. right. We're thanking the listeners. We're PBS right now. <laughs> I think it's important that, you know, we're not just robots saying in this week's duel, this person won and lost because <laughs> yeah, for a long time, I mean, so many people were reading your stuff at the Gazette, but never really got to see you. That's true. That and is true. I haven't really been on podcast as CF that hasn't necessarily really been a big thing that I do. So this is our show. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, thanks to all of you guys who've tuned in. Um, like most things, maybe Ben and I might get a little crazy and have a few guests. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, this is the end of the 2021-22 season. <laughs> what? Also, thank you to Fairway. Oh, I was getting there. Oh, good. Good, good. I was worried Absolutely. you wrapping it up too quick. I was like, oh, Absolutely. Jackie, thank Fairway like two more times. No, no, no. Absolutely thank you to Fairway. Um, like I said earlier, it is hard to find, you know, companies to invest in it. It's awesome to see the way people show up for football and basketball, but definitely wrestling is one of those. that's just, you know, kind of smaller and it's awesome to see a company like Fairway. That's huge. It's a huge company. This isn't, you know, just a small company, which we love small companies, any small companies that want to invest in it. We love it all, but. For now, you know, Fairway's that one that invested this season and took a chance on this podcast in its first season. So huge thank you. Like we said in the beginning, go shop at Fairway. Go tweet at Fairway. Great social team. Um, so thank you to Fairway for making this happen for us. For believing in Ben and I in our <laughs> in our you know, crazy personalities that somehow, you know, Ben, I'm surprised that we match so well together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so it different, but so alike <laughs> in our own ways. In our own ways. If people only saw our text conversations. Oh, geez. I'm glad they don't. <laughs> it's a lot of wrestling during NCAAs. I'll leave this. I'll leave this here. Ben was trying to get real people work done, you know, instead of just sitting on the couch watching TV like the rest of us. Only one day. And I still had it on my computer. It's just at that specific moment (laughs) I had to do my job. So there was like times where it was like I'd sent Ben like three texts in a row and I'd have to talk myself out of sending the fourth one. So I can't keep (laughs) blowing his phone up. Um, But no, it's okay. My job was in a good place. I got to neglect it a little bit there for two days so got to focus on cycling fanatic there um but no yeah like like we said thank you so much to everyone who's listened and huge thank you to fairway um excited to see where the future where we go in the future as a team here but we'll be back there's no reason why we won't be back unless you know we go to hawk fanatic chris if you're listening we're kidding (laughs) 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 but all right Thanks, guys. Ben, thank you for a great, I don't even know, 12 episodes. Yeah, I have no idea. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. (laughs) How's that for cliche? (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys.